0: Plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.
1: Evie Pomporis, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I'm well, Emma. How are you? I, oh, goodness me. Now that's a proper FM DJ radio voice there. <laughs> <laughs> You do have the best voice, I have to say. I was thinking earlier, I was listening back to our last conversation thinking, if I had that voice, I'm pretty sure more people would take me seriously. Well, you have um, a beautiful, I love
2: listening to your voice because of the way you sound. I definitely want to say not the love of the British accent, right? From my perspective, it's an accent, but I think you
1: speak well. And side note, I had to work on my voice because it did not sound like this. Interesting. Maybe we should uh, unpick that a little bit, but... It's a habit. It's a yeah. habit. Okay, good. Okay, so for context, listeners may remember that Evie came on the podcast last year, and we talked about her incredible book, Becoming Bulletproof, which is such a game changer in terms of understanding yourself, how you react to things, how to, how to essentially navigate life with fewer bruises. Or maybe you take the hits, maybe you take the hits, but the scars are actually things that you're proud of and feel good about having rather than feeling that you're constantly getting beaten up.
2: Yeah, I think if you think about it a lot, no, let me rephrase it. My previous career, and I'm just going off of my previous career when I was a special agent. If I sat and just thought about today, I might get shot. If I just had that narrative in my head, today I might get beat up, today I might this, today I might that. You just live in this panic and this, if this, if that. And it was always kind of like, all right, bring it. Let's see how it goes. And rather than be afraid of it and not want it and avoid it, like we spend so much time avoiding conflict. We spend so much time avoiding getting hit and avoiding this and trying to control everything. And there's no acceptance in that you can't control it all. There's so much power in being able to say I'm vulnerable and I have to be okay with it. Mm. And so I've always been okay with it. And mm. I think that that's freedom. But when you're so panicked about going through something, it's like, you're going to go through it. You cannot make yourself immune to harm, to cruelty, to to any of that stuff. One in, there was a research that was done One in five people have some type of mental health personality disorder. One in five. And then one one in 25 have antisocial disorder. So if you run a risk in your life of coming across these people from time to time, like you're going to get hit. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you just have to be ready for it and good with it and strong with it. And when you get hit, then you know what to do next time. It's actually empowering to be like, yeah, this person
1: tried to do this, so they did it. And you know what? I'm still here. I'm still standing. Let's go. The other thing, um, well, one thing that also comes out of that in the book is that there's accepting that it's potentially going to happen and being ready for it. But there's also being the owner of it when it does happen. And I think about the anecdote in the book where someone's trying to get into the the master suite at the hotel because the president is behind those doors, and you're like, uh uh-uh, uh. And you ended up having to take care of that business by just physically saying no. <laughs>
2: Yes. Well, he actually put hands on me first. It was a foreign diplomat. He was trying to get into a room, speak to the president. I wouldn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't let him in because he was not permitted in. It just, it wasn't my uh, decision. It was just, I was told these are the people allowed in. This person is not allowed in. And um, he didn't like that. And so he decided to try to force his way in physically. But even with that, I remember when I wasn't expecting it, you know, it was kind of a surprise because it was a foreign diplomat. And then two, I mean, he was pretty, um, huge. <laughs> I just happened to be a very, uh, extremely large person. And in the process, I was just like, well, I was like, if we do go hand to hand hard, I'm like, he'll probably he might probably take me down. Um, but you know what? He's going to earn it. You know? <laughs> You're not going to walk away the same way you came back. And I think like harnessing that part of yourself and just not being like, Oh, this guy's going to crush me. And it's, I've kind of been like, maybe you can, but you know what? You're really going to have to work for it. You're going to remember the work you put in to do that.
1: I love this. I just want to tap into you all the live long day. You have such a, you have an attitude that I really appreciate. So uh, listeners may already have gleaned, but just uh, you are an author, but you're also a former secret service agent. You're doing incredible work now. And is work going where you thought it would when you left that previous career? No, I thought I was going to go straight into news.
2: I did not want to speak. Um, I did not want to write a book. I was just like, I I actually am, ironically, I wanted to forget what I did and move into a completely different space, journalism, tell other people's stories. I did not want to tell my story. I really avoided it. Mm. Um, I remember even when I went on the news They had to put underneath my name, former special agent secret service to show credibility as to why I was reporting on crime or speaking on a shooting or national security issue or any law enforcement matter. And I initially I pushed back. I was like, no, 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 let's not put that there. And they were like, well, you have to, because that's what gives you credibility to speak. So absolutely not. I thought I was just going to go legit, hardcore journalism and do other people's stories. And life never goes the way you think it's
1: going to go. (laughs) That is so interesting. And we will digress. We are going to get into your feel good habits, but I have exactly the same thing in that. I really, when people say to me, Oh, can we put that you're the former beauty editor for OK magazine? I say, well, well, why is it relevant? I'm not anymore. And it doesn't define who I am now. Like this is what I do now. That's I did exactly the same thing. Isn't that funny?
2: It is. I think because you're trying to build something new and people kind of pull you back into the past and you're like, look, it was my job, Right. It's not who I am, but I took what I learned from that job as you did. And this is why you're doing what you do now. You because of all the exposure and experience and personalities and people that you came across and celebrities. I remember we talked about that last time. You took that and now you're creating something else.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's it's an interesting one. Right. So let's dive into your feel-good habits because. I have been so excited about finding out what these are. As we know, listeners, Feel Good Habits is essentially the things that we do, the strategies we use to either feel good when we wake up and we're like, for whatever reason, we're just not feeling all that positive. Or when the world feels like it's really getting at you and it wants you to fail, like how do you face up? And obviously, Evie's going to have really, really good ones. So where are we starting with yours? So I do want to clarify
2: between having, I have good habits, which sometimes don't exactly feel good in the moment, but long-term are good for me. Mm. And then I do have those habits where I, I want to feel good that specific moment. The, that's rare mm-hmm. because usually those end up not being good for me long-term. So I do want to um, make sure I make that discrepancy because I think those two things are very different. Yeah, yeah. So my, I'll give you my in-the-moment habit. This is the in-the-moment I'm in a bad mood, or I just woke up and I'm off, and I just want to feel good. So, I don't know if you have that over in the UK, but in the United States, we have Dunkin' Donuts. It's like <laughs> a brand that makes coffee and donuts, whatever. But they've got this amazing drink called a cappuccino blast. I'm being honest. This is, you want to know my feel good habit? This is I it. Want it. I want it. I want it. It is vanilla ice cream, ice, and a little bit of cappuccino. I drink that, Emma. I love the world. I can do anything within the next three hours and I'm i am I'm just flying. That's my feel-good habit. If I were to say there's one thing that gives me instantaneous gratification, it is that. That's my secret weapon. I save it from time to time because obviously it's not the best thing for you. But in those days when I have like a really long day or I need a pick-me-up, I need a good push, that's my immediate
1: gratification kick. I need to feel good right now. And I
2: hit the and Donuts. <laughs>
1: there you go. I, I love it, and I kind of hate myself for knowing this, but I know that a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts is Ben Affleck because he is always Isn't pictured. It? He is always pictured carrying Dunkin' Donut coffee.
2: I I didn't know that. Well, this thing is, I don't drink coffee, so this was like the only thing I have. And then sometimes the other thing actually that I do have is green tea from Starbucks. Um, that also makes me feel good. It wakes me up. It gives me a boost in energy. Truly, though. Those are just true moment, in the moment, feel good habits. Now, if we're talking about habits, it's something that I've kind of built my life around. It started from when I was an agent, maybe even earlier. And habits for me are the most important thing. Habits are the things you do every day, those small things that when you put them together, compound so drastically that makes somebody a strong person, that makes somebody um successful, that makes somebody great that makes somebody all these things that we look at we're like, wow, how does this person do this? It's all habits. We think it's like I'm gonna do this one big thing, make this one big decision and poof it all falls into place and it's actually not. Mm. So that's what habits are for me. in the um, I have a very strong evening habit routine. I, I live by this. I've had it for many, many years. I'll work during the day and I can go into my day habits if you like, but if you're going to ask me like what really helps me Mm -hmm. when I shut it down at night, and that's probably around 7 PM, 8 PM, my time, I I really work around the clock. Um, But I shut it down and I'm like, all right, work out. So in the nighttime, that nighttime window, evening window, that's every time. And that's, me mean, meaning me taking care of myself, right? I, the way I take care of my work, the way I take care of my home, my car, and my family, I take care of myself. If I don't take care of myself, mind and body, the machine shuts down and I'm just a mess, right? I can't, I can't function. I can't do these things. I'm not going to be at peak performance. And across the board, so 7, 8 p.m., depending on the night, once that happens, I shut it down, it's workout. It's workout, it's workout, it's exercise. I don't debate it. I don't have think about it. I don't have a conversation with myself. I go. Now, 80% of the time, Emma, I'm like, I don't feel like going. I'm tired. I'm this, I'm that. And I may bitch the whole way, but I'm going. I'm tying up my sneakers. I'm rumbling under my breath, but I'm going. So whether, now that can be, I change it up because I don't do one thing. I like the variety because I, I feel like I like to be diverse um, and what I do, especially with my body and mind, because I feel diversity um, molds me into a better person and f- even in my physical shape. So I'll either work out, have a gym now in the back that we kind of pretty much spruced up a bit just because of COVID. Um, I work out in the back and that's, you know, lifting weights, um, calisthenics, explosive, you know, power routines. It can be running. I'll run. Like yesterday, I ran two and a half, three miles. Just put my music in and I went. Um, Or it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Things have opened up here in the U.S. So going back to doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it's always moving my body in some way. That is how I let go of the crazy Mm -hmm. and the dragons and the demons and whatever you want to call it that I've accumulated through the day. I literally push it out of my body. Um, that is the, probably the most important thing that I do. The number one thing I do, that is a habit that I will, I hope I can do till, um, till, till the day I die,
1: quite mm-hmm. honestly. I really enjoy your updates from your workouts. And I noticed recently that, did you get a kettlebell from Onnit? <laughs> oh, I have a kettlebell from Onnit. I have Rogue, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, listeners, if you haven't seen these kettlebells, they're, they're, they're not just a ball. The kettlebell is like, I think yours is in the shape is it, of like an ape's face, gorilla or something. What is a
2: gorilla face? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it's Joe Rogan's brand, isn't it? So, that I, kind I, think, of... I think so.
2: Yes. But I get into that zone. I get into that zone. I'm here to work out, but I don't look at it as a burden. I look at it as like, I, it's my body. People take care, better care of their cars than they do their body. You get one. You get one, you don't get another one, Mm. you get one. And so also you kind of touched on accountability. I can sit there and bitch and moan. I'm like, I don't like the way I look in this dress. I don't like this. I don't like that. If I don't like it, I don't listen to anything else outside of me. If I don't like it, I change it. I don't weigh myself. I don't have a scale. I don't weigh myself. I don't do any of that stuff. Everything I do is for me. The other thing I do, because I know fitness and health, everyone's got their own, their, their own way and everybody should follow what works for them. But for me, it's like, I love my body. I don't hate it. I don't look at it like, why does it look like this? I embrace it. And if there's something about it that I want to be better, I know that I can, the way I can mold and shape my mind, I can mold and shape my body into whatever I want it to be. But it's always been for me, health and peak performance Mm. And, and strength. and the science also shows that and i know this when i work out my brain works better uh-huh. when i don't work out the what upstairs does not function on level it's all interconnected but that is a habit that i employ every day i look at it like going to work so that's why i said i wanna i want to be clear these don't make me feel good maybe in that mm-hmm. moment i feel good when i'm done mm-hmm. i feel good overall
1: i feel good long term Um, but this is ingrained in my lifestyle. It's the cumulative benefits, isn't it? And I wonder, you talked about maybe it was something that you learned when you were back in training. I think there does come a point when you realize that repetitive behavior elicits results. And I guess pre-being an agent to being one, you have to pass tests, you have to reach certain standards. And I guess in order to get there, you have to do things over and over again until you reach those goals. So is that the thing that really solidified habits and repetitive action, even if you're not enjoying it as being so you beneficial? You have to do it
2: over and over again, right? You have to, but that's why, that's where you see people who are successful and you see people who are, fail, you know, who fail and are miserable because true results aren't instantaneous. Secret service training is like several months. No, you don't go in there in one week. it's like hey there they are. it's an elite machine they're ready to go. It's every day, every day being like reprogrammed, run into the ground, beaten up, changed your mindset. it's it's seven months, even the NYPD Academy, which is where I first started, eight months. Mm. So and I think in today's world where we want instantaneous and then we do it for a week and it's like, wow, that didn't work. it's a week you got to put in the effort. It's a lifestyle. Mm. It's, it's, it's a, it's a lifestyle and it's like taking ownership and loving yourself. So respecting yourself. So for me, it's, it's my body and I'm going to make sure it's in peak performance. If my body's in peak performance, my health is in peak performance. My mind is in peak performance. Do I have off days where I'm just like, (sighs) Taco Bell or popcorn and nacho (laughs) chips and Netflix, sure. I'll have that day here and there because I don't believe in being extreme. Mm -hmm. But I think health of your body and to the extent of what you can do in in your space is powerful. Plus, you know what? Going through training, you brought up training. I became very strong, very fit. I felt very powerful. After I had that, I'm not going to give that up. Mm -hmm. Why would I ever give that up?
1: I love that feeling. Mm. That's a good point. Do you have a habit maybe after you train? Because uh, for people who train in the evening, sometimes they can get quite wired. Do you then have quite a good method for making sure that you then can yes. go to sleep? Yes,
2: it doesn't end there, Emma. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> I do. For me, I do my workout. It actually helps exhaust me and it helps run out all the stress in my body. But I do agree with you. Everybody should do what works for them. The majority of majority of people do work out in the morning. It doesn't work for me. It's never worked for me. And this is where when people listen, everybody should be authentic to themselves and learn how to tune into themselves. Mm. Don't try to copy someone else. And that's important because it's like, oh, this this works for this person. Yeah, because they're a whole other human being, whole other mind mindset, lifestyle, DNA, genetics, upbringing. There's so many things that come into play. But after my workout, I will either stretch. I do stretching to kind of lengthen and, you know, um, um, tone up my limbs. Or I will um, I have an inversion table, which means I hang upside down. So I will do
1: that for 15 to 20 minutes, depending, oh, wow. on, depending on how I feel. Okay, what are the what are the benefits of doing that? What, what what do you notice? I know there are benefits that they might say it has, but what do you really notice? I've noticed that it lengthens my spine and it it decompresses the pressure I feel cuz we're
2: always upright mm. and it can be a lot on the body especially as we age. So it decompresses, it allows the space, it actually feels good. It allows for the circulation and flow of blood through the body, even in your stomach, you know, you're very upright. It allows things to move around and shift. Um, It warms up my limbs. It actually feels really good. It's when you first do it, 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 it requires a bit of an adjustment because you're not used to that, but it really think of it like you're lengthening and stretching your body and your limbs. And it, it not just feels good. It, it looks good. Your, your, your limbs are, are leaner. They're Mm -hmm. longer. You feel taller. It helps your posture. So for me, It's helped in a lot of ways. And and I just sit there in silence or sometimes I'll put on, you know, my music, which sometimes I may run to and I'll just hang upside down and just let my body kind of release. So I really think it, it, it circulates things. Yeah. You know, like anything, like when you shake a jar, right? Everything kind of settles to the bottom before you shake it. So in that sense, you know, and I can't really speak on that clinical, clinical
1: perspective, mm-hmm. I know it makes a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Have, have you ever tried floating? No. What is that? In so the water? Yeah. Floating is just being in, in a, a, a very small tank of water that's just packed full of Epsom salts and your body naturally floats. And it's the most extraordinary feeling because there's no, gravity has is not on your body at all. So as you say, everything kind of shifts, like you'll feel your back and you'll feel everything. And it's the weirdest thing because no muscle is having to hold you up. And so your brain gets really overactive because it's going, I'm not needing to do anything right now. If you haven't tried it, I really, really suggest it. I will try it. I love learning about different things and I love learning about
2: ways to move and manage and take care of the body. I will absolutely do it. I'll even
1: take a pic and send it to you too. <laughs> I, I would really be interested to know what you think. <laughs> okay. Now, you talked about some daytime habits. Now, obviously, the evening one is a big pillar in your life, but what- I have more in the evening, actually. I really have like this oh. strong routine. Okay. Um, and
2: then I'll hit daytime. But so my evening habit is workout some type of body workout. The next thing is stretch or inversion table. The third thing is meditation. Oh, okay. I will sit and I will meditate. Um, I will sit still and meditate. Some days I can do it for three minutes. Some days I can do it for 20. I'm not that hardcore meditate the person who meditates. I struggled with meditation because I think a lot and I'm always on in my head. That's something else that's actually helped my temperament quite a bit it's helped make me calmer, steadier, grounded. I know it works. I see it works. And so every night I will do the meditation. And actually the meditation will be the last thing I do typically before bed because it kind of preps me into it. Sometimes what I may do as well, um, I typically also do ice cold showers. And this is after either my stretch or my inversion. So I kind of jumped into meditation. I'll do ice cold showers about four minutes, three minutes, depending on how I'm feeling. Again. I'm trying to change my body, wake it up, move it, allow the blood flow, uh, cold showers, allows the blood fe- vessels to constrict. You feel like the blood rushing to your head. It's it's my body is my most precious. It's like the most precious car. It's like my Lamborghini, my Maserati. And I think about, I embrace every way that I can take care of it and help it thrive and let it function and let it last me so I can I love it and I respect it. Mm. Um, And so I'll do the cold shower, then the meditation, then I'm out for the night. Usually at night, here's another habit. Everything's at night for me. I guess for me during the day, it's all work, work, doing my business, doing my stuff. And at night, it's me, but it's, it's not going to the spa me, even though I may do that time to time if I need something, but it's really routine. This is every day. If I want me to be in peak performance and not, be depressed, not be miserable. Not I have to. I have to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, right before bed at night, I'll either read. Um, I read a little bit. I'll read a um, like. I'll read a book or study something. Usually in the sciences, psychology. But I also make it a habit at night. I will write down. I do. I'll do. I don't do a journal. I just don't have the bandwidth to sit and write a lot because I write and read a lot during the day. But I'll, I'll write down the three things I'm grateful for because I, like anybody else, can get caught up in the world and why didn't this happen? Why did that happen? Why did this person do this? So I will always write down three things I'm grateful for just to kind of keep me grounded and like, hey, you know, life's okay. We've got so many things you should be happy about. And then I will write three things that... I could have done better. What could I have done better today? So it holds me accountable. It's like, what did I, what could I have done better today? And it could be something like not had a, you know, a cappuccino blast today, or, (laughs) you know, it can be something very simple or, you know, been on time with that report I had to give in or presented myself better when I did an interview, whatever it is. And then I will also, the last thing I do, and this helps me so that I'm not sitting um in bed trying to figure out what I have to do the next day because we do that, oh, tomorrow. Mm. I will write three things that I must do the next day. That's it, I stop there. Mm. I don't make these long, long, long lists because we see them, we become overwhelmed. What I'll do is I have, I make a list. I have to do these three things tomorrow. It's easier, it's attainable. I check them off and I get them done. Mm. That truly is like, I have a very involved nighttime
1: routine. That's my routine. Mm. It sounds obviously as though it really works for you though. And that building that structure is a really strong pillar for how you're then able to then wake up the next day and really attack the day. It helps
2: me, it works for me. Again, everyone's different for some people may be morning, some people may not want to do all this stuff. I, but I can't, I can't see investing all my time in work and in other people and in other things. And the one thing that I have to maintain the one thing that I get one of, and it's irreplaceable to just dismiss it and be like, ah, you know, I'll give it five minutes. Mm. It mm. it it costs you long term.
1: Yeah. And it's
2: discipline. It's discipline.
1: I also think it's self-love, self-respect. Yep. Yeah. It's a good that's a good point. Well made. So let's talk about when you wake up in the morning. In the morning, truly, I wake up, I get my tea. Um, I always go
2: outside. The first thing I do is I go outside, especially now with COVID, where a lot of us do work from home. I leave the house, I go outside. So that means I get up, I get dressed, I put shoes on, like I wash my face, I get ready, like I I come like I'm going to work. Mm. It's a psychological thing I do. I won't sit at my desk in my pajamas, in my slippers, in my I won't do it because psychologically I need to be on point. I'm at work. I want to have that mental shift. Mm. Yep. And when I, if I'm in my lounge clothes and then, and I'm doing work, it's like, there's no clear separation there for me. Again, it's like, am I lounging? Am I working? For me, psychologically, shoes on, work on, I go out, I see the daylight, I start my day, I come in and I sit down and I start going through my emails. I start going through my work and I
1: go nose in with work. mm mm-hmm. But getting outside and also a really important thing is getting dressed i know a lot of my friends a lot of people i know have embraced leisure wear during covid but i like you have got dressed every single day as if i was going to leave the house because i think that's the only way to stay kind of uh in really in sort of peak uh mental condition as well
2: and i you know i and I, let me ask you do you not do you feel like when you've
1: not done that does that do you feel more depressed and more down and more kind of not 100 there's there is something about not like deciding oh i don't know i won't put makeup on today Mm -mm. even if it's just mascara and some bronzer and a little bit of lip gloss that i think that's a really important process
2: i think psychologically too because then you look in the mirror and you see oh i look terrible i don't this. I don't like the way I look. I'm a mess. And you know what happens? Emma, that negative dialogue starts in your head. Mm. That negative dialogue of seeing yourself in the mirror and not being pleased or not being happy or not feeling strong. All of that matters. You're what you see. Like when you, at least for me, when I get dressed or I do my makeup, do it for me. Mm. I want to look good. I want to feel good. That makes me feel good. And that's what I, I do it for. It's a reinforcement of my strength and my confidence. And so I find that if I'm hanging out in my, you know, my loungewear, my pajamas, and I'm straight out of bed, there's no shift in energy. I'm still bringing that, that, that energy of, of this, I'm not bringing in the right energy. I don't know how to explain it. And I do think it leads to more depression. I do think it leads to more negative thinking a negative mindset, weaker performance. Like when you look good, you feel good Mm. and you're stronger. And so I 100%,
1: I cannot uh, do work in um, my sleepwear. Totally. I I think the way that you dress, even if you're working from home, is the you want to be closest to the thing that you might be asked to do. So if you're in leisure wear, you're closest to bed, you're closest to like going to bed. But if you're dressed as if you're going for work, you're closest to going and having a meeting with someone that might be really exciting about a project that might be exciting. It's it's dressing for the job that you want, even if you're at home. And if the job that you want is to go back to bed, wear your pajamas. Yeah, exactly. And look, like even right now, as we're speaking, I'm in
2: a baseball cap. I'm dressed casual, but I'm dressed. I'm Mm -hmm. up. I wake up. First thing to do is You know, hair, makeup, get ready for the day, go to work. It's a shift in mindset. Mm -hmm. Everything you do, the physical things, we do shift our mindset. So when we're kind of stuck in that, I don't feel good, let's shift it. Why don't you feel good? You know, what are you doing? What habit have you created that allows you to not feel good? Mm -hmm. And so maybe waking up and not going outside and seeing sunlight or even something as simple as getting in the car Every morning I get in the car, I do a quick drive. I'll go to the Starbucks nearby or I'll go to the post office. I will run an errand in the morning to force myself to get out of the house on the days that I have to stay in because it allows me to understand, okay,
1: here it is. My day just started. Mm-hmm. And it's something off the to-do list as well, which is important. Yeah. Even if it's just an errand. And I think as well, you can you can begin to live in a very, very small You can just live in your home quite happily these days. And it's important to get out and see other people and see that life is still ticking on.
2: I think a lot of people are struggling with being home. We, the isolation of it, the not having contact with people. And it's about being finding ways to enjoy yourself, enjoy your company, love yourself, respect yourself, enjoy spending time with yourself. And through this process, it can either be a, you can it can take you down a negative route, or it can take you down an empowering route, and it it can it really can go both. It can go either way, mm. go either way. And so, if if at this point maybe somebody's not been doing the things they want to do, it, the wonderful thing is like the mo- the moment you change your mind, the moment you say I don't want to do this anymore, you don't have to. Mm.
1: What I really hear from you, what I really appreciate, and I read it in the book, and I'm also hearing it from you today, is even if your situation's crappy, your, your attitude doesn't have to be. Your situation,
2: all of our situations is going to fluctuate. I don't know a single person who's like, my life's perfect. Every day is amazing. Mm. I, I worked in the White House for years. I was around very powerful, very wealthy influential people, a lot of them were not happy. You worked with a lot with celebrities in my new, even in my new line of work, I come around people who are very wealthy and celebrities. They're not, Mm -hmm. they're not shining stars either. They're not happy. It's, it doesn't, it's not about the status and the things you have and titles and all that. It really has to do with the foundation of who you are. And if you look at your life in some way, and you think, I don't like this part of my life, then it's, thinking almost like reverse engineer it. How do I undo this? And how do I change it to make it fit what I want? And I do think it's it's okay to allow yourself to have a bitch fest, you know, a moment where you're pissed off or something happens. It's okay to experience that. I think that that is healthy. It's okay to experience or grief loss or something negative. In fact, it is a healthy a healthy person will grieve something the loss of a relationship the loss of a job that's healthy what actually the sign shows is people who are narcissists or people who lack empathy uh, in addition to narcissists which are also people with antisocial disorder those people cannot process loss or grief and that's why those people have their their issues so experiencing loss experiencing grief and all that stuff that's okay you just can you just don't want to live in it You Mm -hmm. want to be able to have that moment, have that time and say, okay, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to feel this way. But then you got to pull yourself out of it. It's when you stay in that space that now that becomes your habit of staying in your pajamas, of just binge watching Netflix, of eating poorly, of being unhappy, whatever those habits are. And we all know what our bad habits are. We don't need anybody to tell us what they are. We all know what is good for us, what is not good for us. We all innately know what is right for us, what is wrong for us, we all know. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of acting on it. And I think that that's the difference between people who are successful and are not. I remember I sat once at a meeting, this was with the founder of Netflix, Mark. I was at this meeting because he and I have the same literary agent. And we sat down at this meeting, was next to me and I didn't know who he was. So he asked, you know, so I asked him, hi, you know, I mean, I introduced myself first. Hi, I'm Evie, good to meet you. Um, what do you do? He's like, oh, I founded Netflix. <laughs> I was
1: like, well, <laughs> of course, of course you Congratulations. Do. <laughs> yeah,
2: but then now this is the business world. It's a world I know very little of. You know, I came from government and service, so I wanted to learn. I, I'm next to this really brilliant person and start asking him questions. I remember asking him, you know, what, made you successful? Because he, I remember he had told me, he's like, look, I had Netflix, I founded it, then I sold it. And then I went into starting something else and something else. And he's like, I love to start things up and then move on. So he stayed, I think, with Netflix eight years. So I asked him, I said, what, what is the difference? What makes you successful or a person like you successful versus everybody else out there who's trying to make it in this industry? And it came down to habit. In a sense, he said, the difference is, he's like, people have great ideas and they don't execute. They sit and they think about it and they ruminate and they talk about it and it'll go on for weeks, for months, for years. They don't do anything with it. Mm. There's inaction. There's no movement. He's like, I move. I won't spend more than a week a couple, or a couple of weeks prototyping something. I will prototype it, put it together, and I put it out there. Let me see how it works, how it doesn't. And he's like, that's a habit of mine. I won't allow myself to to not do. I execute. You can have a great idea. Your great idea doesn't mean anything if you don't move forward. But that was a habit he cultivated. He's like, I make sure that I don't sit in that creating phase, ruminating phase, because then it becomes a habit. Then you never do. You never move. You never you never actually execute or take action in these ideas that you think are amazing and that you create. And this can be a lifestyle. You can be like, I want to have this amazing home, this amazing body, or I want to feel great. I want to be great. I want to have whatever it is you're looking to attain. But you must create the habits in your everyday to achieve that.
1: Mm. I love that and story.
2: Most and most people won't commit, we get tired. Um, we get lazy. It doesn't come easy. And then we think, forget it. And then we just go back into our old routines.
1: Mm. Nothing good happens in the comfort zone though, right?
2: I think it's relative to each person. Some Mm. people may be like, I'm happy here. I don't want
1: More. more.
2: And you know, that's each person's choice. I believe in each person having their own cho- choice just because I live my life a certain way. It does not mean you need to live yours mm. a certain way. And even with what we're talking about here today, I, 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 look at it as when you go to a buffet, right? When you go to a buffet and there's all this food laid out, you don't eat everything at the buffet, you get your plate and you pick and choose what you like and what works for you. And you put it on your plate. And so in sharing all this with people, it's like, you're at the buffet,
1: take what you like, take what works for for you and and dismiss the rest. Mm. It's a good point. Now you said uh, at the beginning as well, you talked about your voice as being one of your habits. So maybe that's the habit we can end on. What's the, what's the habit that involves your voice? I had, I grew up, so I
2: grew up Well, I grew up in Queens. So we all talk like we're from Queens and it's like, what's up? Did she just look at me? You know, so I had a little bit of that and the New York accent. And I was a girl and I was raised to think, oh, be a good girl, this and that. And so I had a much higher voice and I spoke. And when I ended a sentence, I ended it in a question mark. And I sounded like I really wasn't sure about myself. And I was around other girls who spoke this way. And I saw myself and thought of myself as a girl. So guess what I'm going to sound like, like a girl. And I also, my mom too, same voice. Um, Very, just not her voice. It's not my voice. I realized like I was actually not really speaking. It was not my authentic voice. This voice that I've worked to cultivate, this is my authentic voice. But what I had done is I accumulated a lifetime of habits that were not good. The mindset, I'm just a girl. I'm just a girl. Okay, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. And then you grow up and it's like, hello, I'm 30. I'm not a girl anymore. Why do I still talk like one? Mm. Why in my speech do I apologize all the time? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm late. Oh, I'm sorry. This. No there had to be this mental shift. So I had to undo years of habit of speaking in a way that was not authentic to myself, of slowing down my speech, you know, not speaking super fast, trying to clean up my speech. Again, I'm from New York and every other word's like, like, you know, I still work on that to this day because it was a habit. And then finding the depth of my true voice and not going up in this high pitch tone girly voice And then scratching my head being like, why don't people take me seriously? What do I sound like? Mm. I actually began, well, what helped me is because I began doing the news. I began hearing myself and I was like, that's what I sound like. I thought in my head, I was like, I thought I sounded better. My voice sounds deeper. And it actually internally, your, your voice sounds deeper, but externally, because of the way it comes out, it's actually higher. And so that was a shift of mindset Getting rid of the I'm a girl mentality because we think of ourselves as girls and girl power. And I just, I, that does not, that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And so understanding I am a grown ass woman. I need to sound like a grown ass woman.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So if I'm a CEO or an executive, what is that? What should that sound like? What should I exude? If I'm a former special agent or special agent, what should that sound like? Mm -hmm. And by doing that, in turn, it made me more confident. It made me feel feel better and more powerful. All of this is a cycle. And we feed the cycle either with positive habits or negative ones. Mm. Make no mistake, all these little things you do, all these little choices you make in your day either lead you to greater confidence and strength and power, or they do the opposite. They diminish you. Mm. And having the ability to be honest with yourself and sit back and say, this habit that I have, it's not the best thing for me. How can I go about changing it? And again, it's a personal choice. Do you want to change it? If it's something about yourself you don't like, then have a conversation with yourself. Okay, well, how do I go about doing this? But I do think when you, the one thing I did try to do and I still try to do is when I, there's something to change. I don't do it all at once. It's overwhelming. I do it in increments. So it's kind of like that person's like, tomorrow, I start my diet. No cookies, no donuts, no Dunkin' Donuts, (laughs) no pasta, no whatever your rules are, right? You go through this, I'm going to work out all day, I'm going to do this. How long does that last, Emma? Not long. (laughs) A day? Because it's so extreme. You're trying to do so much. You cannot sustain that allowing yourself, it's like, I look at it like an 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, be consistent, be strong, make those choices, make those habits, instill those habits in your life. 20% of the time, go have your donut or sit on the sofa or do what it is you need to do. Um, but I don't live, I'm also not rigid. I don't live in these extreme worlds because I I can't perform like that either. That's too extreme. It's too much pressure. That creates unhealthy stress. And that's no good. Plus I'm going to not want to do these things because they're so extreme. I'm going to hate them. Mm. I won't do them. Mm. Tell me you can't have another donut Evie. I'm like, Whoa, Hey, you're taking the joy out of my life here. <laughs> I need that. every once in a while. I need a donut, mm. whatever it is for that person. And so I think habits
1: are the most extraordinary thing you can do for yourself. Mm. I agree. I agree, which is why uh, we have so many episodes of so many wonderful guests, including you uh, sharing the habits that work for them. And hopefully, you never know, someone listening to this might get an idea about how to move forward um, in a way that is positive for them. So thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. These have been amazing. And it's been one hell of a pep talk.
2: (laughs) And you know, I I really I try not to come off that way. I don't want to be that person at all you know I want to just share and if what I'm sharing lands on you
1: please use it but do you know what if if you didn't have the career that you've had and all of the uh all of the things that you've done in your life. If you didn't have that, then maybe it'd be harder to listen to you. But you really do. You really do. So I do you shut up and listen when you're talking.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. But I, I think. But you said something really important too. Like when you listen to other people, I always ask myself two questions. When somebody's giving me advice, or I'm listening to someone, uh, I ask myself, and you know, internally, who is this person? Why should I listen to them? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when I take off, who's this person? If this person's a peak performer or successful, I'm like, I should listen to them. Um, And also, am I listening to them for that specific area of expertise? My mother, for example, is a brilliant woman, but I can't ask her for advice on a a TV project because she doesn't know that well, right? She won't know. But I'll ask her advice maybe in something else, another area where I know she has expertise. So it's always, who is this person? And then the second is, why should I listen to them? What has this person done in their life that I should listen to them. Are they successful? Have they done well? Are they, are they happy? Are they, what do they, what have they achieved that I should like sit down and listen? If it's like, you know, some friend, you know, from when you were in middle school or grade school and they're living in their mom's basement still and Mm -hmm. have no job, you might want to think like, this might not be the person that should be listening to.
1: Mm, that's a good point. Well made. It's true. But yes, with you, I definitely shut my mouth and I listen to what you've got to say. Now, listeners, the links to Evie and her book, Becoming Bulletproof, will be in the show notes, which can be found wherever, wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. What else have you got out in the world at the moment that people might want to find? I'm working on some projects. I actually
2: began doing. Well, I have, a, I have like a member plan coming up. I was going to start doing online classes, should be launching this summer. People wanting to learn about um, reading people, body language, enhanced communication skills, kind of like a school of life sort of thing. And so I was that's going to be launching soon. And I did, you know, aside from my T- big TV stuff, something I began doing, which again, I never intended, I began s- taking on people and mentoring, like Mm -hmm. began doing mentoring sessions. I would get messages from folks with an issue or struggle, or some people are just like, look, I just want to get to the next level. And they'll send you a text or a DM. And I'm like, I can't help you this way. I can't, there's no text I can write. It's a process. It's sitting with you and listening to you and understanding you. So it's staying in harmony with trying to be of service to people. I began doing mentor sessions. I I get hit a lot with them, but I select them and I try to make them fit into my schedule as well. Again, Emma, nothing (laughs) I ever thought I would do it. I think it's just wild. And probably, I don't know, like, did you ever think you would end up where you are on
1: your journey? No. And I wonder whether you would say, I sometimes think, what what would my 18-year-old self think of me or my 25-year-old self think of me? And what would... What would 18-year-old Evie think of you now? She'd be confused by me. <laughs> she would she be like, What?
2: What I thought, what happened? What? I don't. <laughs> but I don't, but I'm not her anymore. Yeah. Are you the 17-year-old or 18-year-old or 25-year-old Emma still?
1: No, in no way whatsoever. But I think whenever I am having, giving myself a hard time, I I don't have as many followers. I don't have as many downloads. If ever I give myself a hard time (laughs) for not being better than I am, I think, I think 18 year old Emma would probably look and go, I think you're doing okay. So I kind of have to check in with that. That's kind of a method for just like not getting too carried away. I love your honesty. I always love your honesty and how
2: you really kind of just put it out there.
1: Like something as simple
2: as like I, when I don't get enough downloads, I look at it. What am I, why is that? Everyone always puts up this facade of everything's perfect. And I admire that. I like that honesty. I think that that's why people love you, Emma, because you're just, you, no bullshit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I just can't do bullshit. Partly because I have a face. I'm a terrible poker player. I'm a i am i and I would be terrible in your old job of having to interrogate people. My face says it all. You can tell <laughs> everything. So I just my mouth has to be in alignment otherwise i just look like a shifty liar all the time
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god thanks so much for having me emma i hope one day we will
1: actually meet in person and do this. it is going to happen it is definitely going to happen um don't you worry about that um again listeners all the links will be in the show notes but thanks again for coming back